What's going on, everybody? It is episode one of Fifth Year Beers coming at you. On this episode, you're going to hear a complete breakdown of the Eastern Conference Finals between the Boston Celtics and Miami Heat game one in the books, how the Denver Nuggets managed to move past the heavily favored Los Angeles Clippers, a wild betting story, courtesy of Moonlocks, of course, and a few betting tips, what we're looking for in the NFL Week 2 coming this Sunday. That and more coming on the first episode of Fifth Year Beers. Here we go. What is going on, everybody? Episode one of Fifth Year Beers has arrived. Today's episode, we will be breaking down the Celtics heat with the heat taking game one of the Eastern Conference Finals. Moondog, you had a big night last night. How you feeling, man? What do you think of that Heat Celtics series starting off? Focusing on the first quarter, the Heat, uh, they came out pretty soft. They scored three points in the first, I believe, like four minutes. Uh, yeah, the they were Celtics, slow. Yeah, the Celtics ran up on them like 10 points. And they did come back to end the quarter only down eight. But we didn't see much on the offensive side. Well, yeah, their adrenaline certainly was really high. They played with a purpose. Brad Stevens had them ready to play. My thoughts with them are always this. If Tatum rolls, they roll. And he came out hot. He was making shots early from the outside. They were getting the ball in. Tice was cleaning the boards well. But that goes back to my Bam Adebayo point where if he's more aggressive and enforces his dominance earlier in the ballgame, that first quarter score they might not be down eight points. It might be, you know, I mean, two, three-point game. They might even be up. And thank God for Gordon Dragic that he set the tone for the rest of the team. And I think that the Heat are that kind of team where they need a guy to step up. Once that guy steps up, it doesn't matter who it is. The rest of the team follows suit. The Heat are a well-balanced team. They have every piece that they need. And when each piece of that team is handling its role, they're the best team in the, in the NBA. I do have... A free bet I placed a year ago for them to win the Eastern Conference and uh, the NBA championship. It's only a little bit to win a little bit, but... Peanuts in your eyes, right? Yeah. Well, I thought another issue that they seemed to have was the lack of bench production from guys like Kelly Olynyk, who, again, was minus nine for the game, I believe, in the plus-minus statistics. He picked up a technical foul after really committing a stupid personal foul. He I wasn't good. Kelly yeah, don't get me started with Kelly Olynyk. He wasn't good. Kendrick Nunn wasn't good. We, we didn't Derek see a Jones. lot of performance from the bench, and uh, thank God that we had Bam late and he showed up. But I really do think that if he came out strong, and uh, he put up points on the board, and they set the tone for the rest of the team, that it would it would change the whole dynamic of the entire game. And moving forward, they're going to need that because I think they slipped by. I think they did a lot of good things, but I think they did slip by, especially with Daniel Thice fouling out uh, with three minutes, about four minutes left in overtime. They were up by four points. The Celtics were up by four points. And Daniel Thice fouls out and could have been a deciding factor yeah, in this game one. I definitely agree. I think Tice's presence, even though I don't think much of him offensively as an offensive player, as a defensive player, he does a good job boxing out, doing those tip rebounds. He is the kind of enforcer along with Marcus Smart for that Boston Celtic team. And when he went out of the game with, like you said, three minutes, three and a half minutes left to go in overtime, Bam Adebayo seals the game at the end of overtime with that huge block. If Tatum drives down the lane and Tice is still in that ball game, you might see a little underhand shovel pass and a quick easy two, and we have a whole different ball game. 
the question of the Celtics' fatigue is still on the line because both starting benches played a decent amount of minutes, and we're going to see that in Game 2. And when Jimmy Butler can't be the clutch guy, who is? Tyler Hero. Tyler Hero. I Tyler Hero is that clutch guy. He's young. He's ready to win. He's he's bought in. So there's a lot to look forward to. The Heat are looking up, like you said, three keys to Game 2. Bam, be aggressive. Goran Dragic, maintain that veteran rock presence. Miami Heat, your bench has to be better. Olenek, none. Derek Jones, listen, they need to be better for them to get another W, for them to move 2-0 and all in the series. Fifth Year Beers, Episode 1, we'll be right back with a huge betting win for our boy Moondog Locks. That's coming right back up. Fifth Year Beers, Episode 1, coming at you. Miami Heat get a big W in Game 1 of the Eastern Conference Finals, but they weren't the only winners last night. Moonlocks cashed a couple huge tickets. Dude, what did you hit last night? And tell these people what they're missing out on betting these numbers. All right, so last night in the Eastern Conference Final Game 1 with the Miami Heat and Celtics, I hit the first half tie. And I hit the second half tie, which we call the rare double tie. The rare double tie. Like the Loch Ness Monster, Bigfoot, Sasquatch, all of them. In the first half, about under six minutes left in the half, the odds were plus 2,400. And I think that uh, the Celtics were winning by two. So I said, you know, why not? 24 to one odds. I put $48 to win $1,200. One minute left, 32 seconds left. Jason Tatum blocks Jimmy Butler with 55 52. Then with 10 seconds left, they kick it out to Jalen Brown. Hits a corner three to make it 55-55. Tie game going into the half. Moonlocks hits $48 for $1,200. So right there, you cash a $1,200 ticket. $1,200. Just like that. Just like that. Just like One that. bet. Jalen Brown knocks down the corner three. 55 all at halftime. You're up. $1,200. I'm a big believer in the tie. Uh, I see value in it. I know people usually don't like to bet that kind of value because they think the odds are off, but I think that $48 went $1,200, great value. So we went to get some cheesesteaks at gyms. We come back, and I, I told you about the rare double tie. It only happens once every three months. Very rare. Very double tie, which Just like I'll a tell solar you right now, eclipse. It means the first half ties, the second half ties. We go into overtime. So we're sitting there, and uh, the Heat go down 12 in the third quarter, but I'm sitting there saying they did it in the first half. They can do it in the second half. About five minutes left, I put $200 uh, on the the second half tie, and with less than a minute left, 22 seconds left, Jimmy Butler hits a corner three when the score is 103 to 105, which makes the game 106-105 Miami Heat absolute dagger from jimmy buckets we're going nuts because again this point this guy doesn't even tell me he's got the double tie i'm just thinking yo we're about to catch these heat tickets big heat fans they're playing heat basketball jimmy clutch comes up big and it's 106 105 with less than 15 seconds to go and then what happens so actually with 22 seconds left uh they're they're inbounding the celtics are inbounding and Derek jones jr commits a dead ball foul, which... And just into the game, Derek Jones Jr. This guy played five minutes yesterday. They put him in for his defense, for his length. 
to guard I forget who he's guarding, but he ends up committing the foul, just blowing through Marcus Smart like a 17-year-old with a learner's yeah, permit so, blown through a stop sign. So they're awarded a, a free throw, one free throw. And just to remind you, it's 106-105. And Jason Tatum makes the free throw to make it 106-106. Uh, they still have 22 seconds left. They're inbounding the ball. They give Tatum the ball, of course. We think that he's going to go drive down, but without Daniel Tice, I, I think it makes it a little bit harder. And Tatum misses the three-pointer at the end, and we hit the double tie. We hit the magical double tie. I thought he was going to go down the lane again. He doesn't. He sits outside the three-point line, dribbles between his legs, doesn't really create any motion. I think Brad Stevens certainly would have liked his star player to go to the rim, hopefully maybe even draw, draw a foul. He doesn't. He whiffs air ball. 106 all. We got OT action. This guy just hits the double tie. What was that bet? What was the wager and what was the payout on the double tie? So the second, the, half, the tie? second half tie was uh, I actually put two bets in one for 150, one for $50. Total $200 to win 1750 So between the first half tie and the second half tie, $248 to win $2,950. Just like that, nearly $3,000 on one game. And let alone, you had more wagers in that game, obviously, with the Heat money line. Yeah. So Heat, heat plus three, Heat over 207. Great we, game. It Great was game. hot in here yesterday with all this Miami Heat love. We had, we had to crank the AC. There's so much heat. So with that being said, like you said, twenty nine fifty on the first half tie and the double tie. That's what you won. But you weren't done yet. There was a later game. Game 7 between the Denver Nuggets and the Los Angeles Clippers. We'll break that down later, but you had a wager on that one early. What was it again? I think we were just kind of still enjoying the first game's double tie. But I'm watching the Nuggets-Clippers game, and it's another close game. And I'm thinking to myself, no way. No way it can happen again. Three times in a row is three times the charm. So I put $150 on the first quarter tie, and it hit. I don't remember exactly how it hit. I just remember looking at Colin, looking at my phone, saying it's 24-24. It tied again. I did it again. It was $150 to win 1625 So at this point, I have turned $398 into $4,575. And just absolute madness ensued. We are running around this apartment in Philadelphia. It's high. Like it is Mardi Gras, New it's Year's, high. all looped into one. It was absolutely epic last night. Moon locks. Moon Digitus, the Rock Johnson. Not to be confused with Burn Digitus, the Rock Johnson. So once again, Moon locks turning $398 into $4,500. A huge payday. That wasn't all. What was your final balance sheet last night? What, what did you win? All right, so, I mean, those two basketball games weren't the only bets. This is why I could never provide people with bets, because I actually just sit there on my phone and live bet everything that I see value in. The final tally I went to bed with was 6.9K. It felt good. We're going to pick that up later in cash. All right, we gave you our breakdown of Heat Celtics East Final Game 1. We gave you the Moon Locks victory. All you can say about it, the madness that was, believer in the tie. This man, he's like bringing peace to the Middle East. He believes everyone wins I'm a when beast he in wins. The Middle East. He's a beast. a beast in the Middle East. Next up on Fifth Year Beers, 
we break down the stunning upset in the Western semifinals. The Denver Nuggets moving on to face the Los Angeles Lakers in the Western final. Jamal Murray, Nikola Jokic, get things done. What does this mean for the Clipper team that had a lot of people on futures tickets for them to win the title? That and more. 50 Year Beers, Episode 1. We're coming right back. Don't go anywhere. Our back episode one of fifth year beers, Moondog. We had a stunning upset yesterday in the Western semifinals. The Denver Nuggets, Jamal Murray, Nikola Jokic, that scrappy Nuggets squad, upsetting a lot of people's favorite in the West. Even though they're the two seed, a lot of people had them favored coming out of the West. Kawhi Leonard, Paul George, all that offensive firepower, not enough. Because the Denver Nuggets played really good team basketball coming down from a 3-1 series deficit, man. What did you think? Real quick, what did you think? So, one thing I want to touch on is we looked at a team that was down 3-1 in a series. And the question that I want to ask is, does momentum play a bigger role in the NBA bubble than it would necessarily in a normal playoff series with a crowd? And I think 100%. And I'll tell you why. Because they were down 3-1 in the series. And they played and they won three straight. And I think that momentum was never stopped because the home game never changed. But so you're saying, because really, if they're down 3-1, you don't really have a lot of momentum. So what, what do you mean by that? You well, I think that in game in game five, right, the, the series shifted. And that's when the Nuggets said, we can do this. We can score points. This team in a seven-game series is breakable. We can beat them. And what happened was it shifted, and they gained momentum. And then going into the sixth game, they gained even more. And then game seven... We saw them. How much did they win by? Game I think it was, seven, it was they double won by digits, 15 right? Points, yeah. It was, it was double digits. We saw a dominant. We saw a dominant performance by the Denver Nuggets over a team that most people took, like you said, in futures props. I'm saying that momentum plays a big role in the NBA bubble because I think that crowds are momentum stoppers. I think when you go into a building and maybe you're two and zero, and then you go have to go over to their field. Well, the crowd is the biggest thing that stops you because they're saying, you know, F you, you know, eat shit. <laughs> like, they want you to lose. Everybody in that building wants you to lose. Of course, you're nobody's fan favorite in the opponent's building. I believe that. But what I will say, what we talked about briefly when we were discussing this game was the cohesion that we saw on the Nuggets and the lack of it on the Los Angeles Clippers. Obviously, they had the biggest offseason splashes with landing uh, the former the finals MVP from the year prior from the Toronto Raptors, Kawhi Leonard, obviously, who brought the city of Toronto a championship last year, and then getting Paul George from the Oklahoma City Thunder. Two excellent scorers of the basketball. They already had Lou Williams. They had Pat Bev for defense. But again, I don't think they had the cohesion that the Denver Nuggets, with guys like Jamal Murray and Nikola Jokic in their fourth year as teammates, knowing how to play off one another, and Basically, everyone coming to the bubble, team chemistry meant so much more in these playoffs and these games leading up to the bubble than I think teams realized, and it showed on the floor. Being with somebody, you're like 
away with college. You're not seeing your families. You're not going home to your friends, your boys, people that are getting you away from the game of basketball. It's 24-7 basketball down there in the bubble. And I don't really think the Clippers were fans of being 24-7 players and teammates all the time. Do you agree? Yeah, absolutely. I mean, you said that uh, Paul, George, and Kawhi, it is their first year. So there's always chemistry issues. You touched on the fact that uh, Nicole Jokic and Murray, it's their fourth season together. I like to I like to say that this NBA bubble has given us ba- a different basketball uh, perspective to look at, or just a whole different field of basketball. There's a lot of different things that now play factors in players' performance and team performances. I think a, another turning point. I'm big on turning points. I think there's points that everything shifts, and I think that the NBA uh, boycott when, when uh, the first when, round, right? It was when the Milwaukee Bucks didn't play the game. They didn't show up on the floor. That was against the Orlando Magic, and there had been rumors. You know, I mean, prior to that game, that there were teams thinking about doing such. Nobody, including myself, really didn't think it was going to happen. It was eye opening. So going back to the NBA boycott, I think that it shifted team chemistry, and I and I've seen this being brought up as a point. You can see that two teams that voted on that didn't perform very well after. They didn't meet expectations. Certainly, both the Bucks being the top seed in the East. And the Los Angeles Clippers, again, the two seed, but a lot of people's future ticket to win the whole thing. Maybe I'm, you know, creating things that don't exist, but I, I can, I could, there are people too. And I think this NBA bubble is, is challenging to everyone and it's creating new things. And that's my only argument that that day it shifted team chemistry. And what we see between the Nuggets is we seen uh, Jokic and Murray, their fourth season together. Well, to me, it's more as with, Nikola Jokic and Jamal Murray, obviously, are the two stars, two leaders of the Denver Nuggets. They've been that way for a few years. But the game of basketball brings them together. And I think that's the mantra of the entire Denver Nuggets team. It brings them together. It drives their force, and they believe in one another. They rally around one another. I'm arguing that the NBA challenges teams to say, we're either going to be here to play basketball, and we're going to buy all in, or we're going to... Of course. There are are players that, you know, have said, you know what, basketball is not number one. And I understand that. But there's also teams that have said, you know what, we're buying all in. We have a season to win. We have something that we came here to do. We're going to get it done. And the two teams that stand out to me and the two teams that have won are the Denver Nuggets and the Miami Heat. And I think that team chemistry, I think the NBA bubble, I think it challenges momentum. It challenges team chemistry. And I think that these are factors that we now have to take account of Instead of just the daily stats, because we are looking at a different NBA playoff series. We're looking at different NBA teams, and we're looking at a different reward at the end. It's something that stands for something bigger than just a normal playoff series. And I totally agree with you. It's two teams with very few egos on their roster. Two teams that are basketball first, and they come ready to play, ready to play hard. Jamal Murray said it last night. You guys you guys been doubting us. Put some damn respect on this team, and I, I believe that Jamal Murray... I think they're going to give the Los Angeles Lakers an excellent seven-game series. It's going to be a good one. Wrapping it up, we're going into our final segment. We're going to preview two NFL picks we like for this week. Obviously, I took it on the chin last week. I got Moonlocks. But Moonlocks was 1-0-1. He pushed on the 
Chargers Bengals game. He says he got it at two and a half. You got to believe him, but whatever. We set it at three, so that's what we'll take it. But we got each have a game that we're going to give you, and that's going to be it. Wrapping up into your weekend with week two in the NFL coming up on Sunday, starting Thursday night kickoff between the Bengals and Browns. Here, what we like next it is episode one, fifth year beers, Couch Guy, Moondog, Moonlocks. We're back. back couch guy moon dog moon locks week two in the nfl comes up this week and we each got a pick for you for the weekend mine is coming on sunday it is in the green bay packers playing host to the detroit lions here's what i like about this game a lot aaron Rodgers looked like aaron Rodgers on sunday in minnesota four touchdowns spreading the ball all over the field alan lazard the rookie making plays jet sweeps out routes finally seems like they're developing someone other than Devonta adams montez valdez scantling also played well aaron Rodgers looks good what was concerning in that game yes was the defense the secondary kirk cousins really made some plays down the field dalvin cook had a couple of scores but here's why i like the packers covering six this week this is couch guys pick for week two in the nfl green bay packers minus six at lambeau home opener Detroit Lions coughed up a large lead on Sunday against the Chicago Bears and Mitch Trubisky, being outscored 21-0 in the fourth quarter, allowing a 27-23 victory for the Chicago Bears. Their secondary broke down. Matt Stafford made a few questionable decisions with the football late, and they lose another game, which they had a really good opportunity to win. I think Aaron Rodgers and them come out. The Detroit Lions weren't picked to win the Super Bowl by anybody this year anyway. I think Aaron Rodgers comes out with a focus, and they already picked up one win. He says, guys, this is a winnable game. We're going to go out and show that in year two under Matt LaFleur, we're a team we're a force to be wrecking with. We were a joke a couple years back when McCarthy and Rodgers obviously publicly butted heads, but we are back. We're back to being the Green Bay Packers that people fear across the league Packers minus six. That's my play. What do you have? All right. So coming off uh, a win and a push, I've been looking at the early slate. I think let's let's get on it early. Thursday night football tomorrow night. The Bengals are playing the Cleveland Browns. Listen, last week I did say that Joe Burrow, you know, was surrounded by enough talent that any you know common quarterback could have done what he did at LSU. But after this week, I'll add something. I'll say that Joe Burrow makes the people around him better. I'm not saying that he's the elite quarterback that you're going to find with the talent, but what Joe Burrow does is he makes people better around him. You saw that last week during the game. Uh, He spread the football around. He really just gave everyone on the team an opportunity, and that's just, I feel like, what he brings to the team. Yeah, Joe Burrow spread the ball out. Eight different Cincinnati Bengals had receptions, with A.J. Green, star wideout, leading the way, five catches for 51 yards, what we thought was a touchdown to take the lead. Unfortunately, they called it off. And then they gave Randy Bullock a chance to win the game. You know what? Uh, you know, he did spread the ball around. And you're talking about a Chargers defense that has an excellent defensive line. So Joe Mixon ran the ball decently. I think he got three and a half yards per carry. So he needs to do better next week. Obviously, Randy Bullock needs to hit that. But they shouldn't even be in that situation. And I'll say this, obviously, Thursday night primetime football. But Joe Burrow is used to this stage. 
He's not going to be shy of the big lights. He's going to come out ready to play, and I think you made a good point. Now the guys around him that are playing with him, his receivers, his weapons, his offensive linemen, his coach, the fan base, they're like, dude, this guy gives us a shot to win. You know what I mean? That was a good Charger team. It was a close game. Again, the Bengals choke at the end, which is all too familiar for those fans. But Joe Burrow is going to be your guy. I mean, he showed guts. He showed grit on that running touchdown he had. This guy is going to give you a chance to win. And I think when your teammates believe that, when they can buy into the quarterback, the rookie quarterback making his debut Sunday and seeing after the game, this guy's a winner. He's Absolutely. a and that's, He's and ready that's what to this, go. And that's what this week did. Week one instilled that in the rest of his players. So moving forward, the moon lock of Thursday night football is Bengals plus six. Bengals plus six covering the spread, covering the number. That's Moon's pick of the week, Moonlocks. There it is. That's going to wrap up. We have one more tip of the week for you coming up from yours truly, Couch Guy. But that's all the sports talk you're going to get on episode one of Fifth Year Beers. Thank you so much for listening. It's available everywhere you get your podcast, Spotify, all that good stuff. But hang on. I got one last tip of the week for you, and then we're going to be out. To wrap up each week, we like to give our viewers a little tip of the week and this week we want to end our segment with something we call dude take the shot dude take the shot the guy that's standing at the bar buying shots for girls who can't afford his cable bill can't afford his rent he's buying shots for girls that he's never talked to that guy needs to take a shot he needs to buy himself two shots he needs both those shots he's giving away shots that he needs dude be yourself man don't try to play it up like you don't work for jp morgan and chase you're you work for you're, optimum you're don't be proud of lose it. lose so you know what man if if you're that guy take a shot take two shots invest in yourself big dog take man both you of deserve those it. shots all right don't flash around some credit card that you know you're gonna hate having to pay off you deserve those shots big tim and you know what man big pay tim, your cable take bill. a shot and pay, pay your, your cable, cable bill that's all for fifth year beers episode one big tim take that shot <laughs>